Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast, the first of the, the new year in 2016. With me, Robert Grieve is uh, the sports writer, David Friel. After a busy weekend, David, you were at Celtic Park for Celtic against Partick Thistle. A late, late goal from Lee Griffiths. Griffiths again, setting up Chris Commons. That's deflected off Lindsay, and there's Griffiths! He's done it! The Poulton finisher does it once again! Yeah, it was dramatic, Robert. I must admit, I didn't see it coming at the time. Celtic down to ten men, Partick Thistle almost scored. And you're thinking, you know, it's going to be another home game without a win for Ronnie Dyer. That would be five in a row. But Lee Griffiths, you know, a man who's delivered from time and time again, came up trumps, a real poacher's finish, a good finish, and his manager needed it. I mean, Lee Griffiths admitted himself after the game at Royal Dyla needed it, the whole team needed it, just to have some pressure. Pressure's maybe a strange word, given that Celtic are top of the league, but I, th- I think the fans at the game were a bit frustrated by what they were watching. They were down to ten men, they had beat on getting sent off, but Lee Griffiths came up trumps. Was it that when Celtic have been in this position before lately, you say a bad run of results? Um, should should Ronnie Dyle be concerned going forward? He said to us after the game that it, it wasn't relief he was feeling; it was happiness that you know they they get a really good result with ten men. Now that's that's fair to say that because for the last twenty minutes with ten men, Celtic actually played better than they had for the previous seventy minutes. But I think he, he must be concerned that the sort of labelled displays that his team are putting in they, they don't seem to be playing with any real cohesion. They're, it seems to be a bit disjointed and. He, I don't, I don't know if it seems to be a lack of energy. Energy is the word they always use. I, I don't think Celtic are really flying at the moment at all. Away from home, they seem okay, but at home, there's, there's, there's issues there, and I, I don't know what he's going to have to do to change it. But Griffiths again showed how important he is because Nadia Chifty, he could take off at half time, just wasn't cutting it at all. Lee Griffiths comes on, could have scored a couple, then does score the winner. The Celtic fans aren't buying, buying into this just now, are they? I wasn't at the game, but by all accounts, fans leaving in their droves long before the the final whistle and I think that's going to be a problem for the Celtic board for the next couple of months because those fans if they don't buy into the manager they don't turn up for games then I think they've got a real problem We speak to fans on social media we speak to fans in the street I mean at half time for example I spoke to a couple of old teachers from my school who were at the game You go to school? Mm-hmm. I went to school no. and both of them are saying what is going on what is the manager trying to do what is happening here there are questions about not so much domestically in terms of what and Celtic are top of the league you need to remember that but just long term Barely though David Barely I know, I know. But is Ronnie Dyla the man To take Celtic in the that's, that's the key question yeah. Can Ronnie Dyla take a Celtic team Into the Champions League Is this Celtic team Progressing the right way To get into the Champions League And that, nothing else really matters Can they win the league And get into the Champions League That is that is the key to everything And I think there's question marks Just now and would, I you think sack I him? would you sack him now? No Not right now No I, I think Ronnie Dyla I think he probably feels He deserves one more transfer window To try and get it right And to get the right collection of players Am I convinced that Ronnie Dyla Can take Celtic into the Champions League Right now I wouldn't say 100% no I'm sure he's I'm sure he's expecting that chance But I'm not so sure he should get it Quite frankly I like Ronnie Dyla But it's not happening Anyway I was at the Dundee Derby At Dens Park Right of the free kick Dundee trying to reorganise In the absence of James McPake Who's been carried off injured Gadzel off the replacement a chance for Spittle to score twice in the derby in August. And he's done it again! 
No chance at all for Scott Bain in goal. At lunchtime on Saturday, a fantastic win for Paul Hartley's team. They came from behind, trying circumstances with uh, James McPake getting a, a horrific injury, but another fantastic result for Dundee. That's a good delivery. Kawashima's come for that, hasn't got it well enough, but Hemming scores for Dundee. The equaliser from Kane Hemmings is his 12th goal this season, his 6th in three matches. You'd, you'd expected that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think the United are doomed. You know, we, we've spoken about it previously, and I think they had to start winning games. I think they had to start picking up points, and they're just not doing it, you know. So, when I mean, you look at the table just now, they're 11 points behind Kilmarnock. Okay, they've got a game in hand, but, you, you know, they're 13 behind Hamilton, who are above the playoff spot. And it, it just seems to me a tall order. A team that hasn't won very many games, what is it? Two wins in, in the last 21. Are they going to go and win? I don't know. Would they need nine or ten? Maybe, maybe it's even not more. Going to happen, is it? I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, Mixu seems to have tried everything. He's tried formations. He's tried new signings. He's tried to have a go at the players. He's tried to beat his arm around the players. Nothing seems to be happening. I do have a bit of sympathy in Saturday in the sense that the keepers been thrown them in weeks, weeks previously. Brings a new keeper and he throws one in. So as a manager, what can you do? But a great win for Dundee, and you know I think it was a big win for Paul Hartley too. I've got an issue with with Mixu Pathway, and I was at the game. I thought United played well initially, but he came out after the game and slaughtered the team again, and he's done that time and again since getting in there. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Those players, for me, clearly need criticism. I'm not saying they shouldn't be criticised, but he has to get more out of those players, and I don't think he's going about it in the right way. I find it baffling that he, that he thinks that's the way to go about it. It'll be interesting to see whether he can bring in players this month whether Stephen Thompson gives them the funds to do so but as you say they're, they're so they're so adrift there at the bottom I just can't see a way from coming back and it's a real shame that we're looking at Hibs uh, and Rangers uh, and even Falkirk in the Championship and we're looking at like, losing another one of our top clubs Do Dundee United throw money at this now? Is it worth it? I don't think they should throw money at it uh, David, no I don't, think, I don't think the money's there for them to do that apart from anything else but I think it's worth a shot I think it's worth trying to bring in I mean they've brought in good money in recent years mm-hmm. but the players have sold so I think it would be worth a go to try and do it, but I just can't work out why Mixu thinks it's right to, to come out and say what he's been saying. I didn't I didn't agree with what he was talking about after the game. He, he, Guy Denmel got sent off in the last 10 minutes of the game, and he was very critical of the referee for that. For me, it was a red card. It was a second book, and he had no, the referee had no option. But difficult days for Dundee United. Anyway, Ross County went to Inverness for the big uh, Highland Derby. I watched Inverness against Hamilton previous game. They get a fantastic result, and I think it was a little bit more comfortable this time, 2 0 against Ross County. Yeah, I, I was slightly surprised. I, I thought Ross County would go there off the back of some good results recently and you know, really put up a, a strong performance and maybe even take something from the game. But I think you just have to look at the league table to understand that Inverness are kind of flying a bit. Again, you know, that's some good wins are picked up. They're now sixth. I would, you know, I think they're strong. I think they'll jostle with Dundee, maybe Motherwell, Ross County for the, the, the top six places. I think in Mayo's story, they've got a really good player. Tanzi now with Kelly Thistle's corner kick. Back across goal from Draper. Shot in there by Vincent and turned in by Miles Story. Excellent finishing by Story. It's his eighth of the season. He read this so well. The clearance reached Vincent and it was redirected by Story. And he's getting some of these big guns back who are missing at the start of the season. You know, I think John Hughes. He's, he's obviously he's done a terrific job up there, and I, th- I think right now he seems to be he seems to be settled where they weren't settled at the start of the season. We're missing too many players, and you know I think Inverness could go from strength to strength. Ross County be disappointed with that result, won't they? Because they've been they've been terrific this season. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy McIntyre doing a fantastic job for me. Billy Dodds alongside him, and to lose two 0 I listened to him after the game and saw his quotes, and he was it seemed quite a 
quite a lacklustre performance for them, and that's unacceptable in a derby, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's unusual as well for Ross County. I mean, I think in 2015, the points they picked up was staggering for a club that size, and okay, they've got a bit of resources, but to come in and turn it around the way Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds did, you know, some great performances, the points, they were picking up three points week after week, so to start 2016, as you're saying, I don't think they really tested Inverness enough, and I think he will be disappointed by that, but I think Ross County will be fine, I mean, Ross County are a good team. They're neck and neck, fifth and sixth in the league, would you expect both of them to finish in the top six? Do you, you think that will that'll stick between now and the end of the season? I think it probably will. I think I think Mullowell can make a push through it, I do. I think Mullowell have got the players. Dundee blow hot and cold at times, but as we spoke about there, you know, Dundee can, can go and beat anybody in a day because they've got good, good strikers, good forwards. So I think it will probably be between Ross County and Inverness and Mullowell will be two spaces here. Well, after that, Kilmarnock against Hearts at the weekend at Rugby Park. Another big point for Gary Locke. I think it was a much needed point to do 2-2 at Hearts. Hearts had the lead, 2-1 ahead. But a late goal from Josh McGuinness, 10 minutes from time, got them that point. Stephen Smith's in swinger this time. Well, it's a fine header by McGuinness. Again, his muscular physique inside the penalty box pays off for Kilmarnock. I think that's a huge point for Gary Locker. I think he's under real pressure there, rightly or wrongly. That could maybe just delay things, if not turn things around a yeah, little bit. I think it's been a really good week for him. You know, to go and get a win at Hamilton Ackies, it was a bit of a fluky goal, it's totally told people he actually admitted himself but to then go to Dingwall and get beat and you know he's probably down a bit but to get that point against Hearts who have been one of the best teams in the country this season they held Celtic last week they were 2-1 up this is Sam Nicholson twisting into a night of very good effect the shot from King breaks back to Riley and Hearts are level very unlucky for Jamie McDonald who made a very good save initially from Billy King parrying that onto the post but Riley was there. To get that point, to show a bit of strength, a bit of character, and I think that's what they've done this week. You know, I know there have been a lot of players suffering from man flu down Kilmarnock Way. You get that a lot, don't you? No, not at all, Robert. I'm a trooper. To come back and get that, that result, it's no surprise for me to see Josh McGinn scoring again. You know, I think he's been one of the players of the season in Scotland. He's been outstanding for Northern Ireland as well, and I think he'll get a move very soon. Do we expect too much from likes of Kilmarnock? I know the fans there are ruthlessly difficult at times on their managers and players there's a little group sitting in front of the press box every week and they're relentless in their <laughs> abuse <laughs> everybody everybody yeah Gary Locke's under real pressure there and I'm talking about delaying things I hope, he, I hope he give, he's given time there because mm-hmm. I think he's a good potentially a really good young manager but it's a difficult difficult job isn't it I know but I think I think all the managers down in that sort of group of, and you would probably class I think probably about five or six teams in there are under pressure and the reason they're under pressure is because it's playoff place You've seen the same previous season before this playoff relegation. It's great though. It's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant for entertainment, for excitement, but it changes. You know, normally Kilmarnock, the 11 points ahead of relegation, everyone's fine. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be fine, don't worry about that. Hamilton Ackie's 13 points ahead, nothing to worry about. But because this playoff place is there, and because people know it's either going to be Falkirk, Cubs, or Rangers that you're going to be playing against, it's nobody wants to be in that playoff place. It's brilliant for the league. For managers, it must be a nightmare because. They will be thinking, oh, look at the breathing space, there's loads of room between us and the bottom club, but that doesn't matter. And I think Gary Locke's just a victim of that. I think Kilmarnock on their day are a decent enough team, you know, I think they've got defensive issues, at times holds them back a lot. But I think in McGuinness, Higginbottom, guys like that, I think they've got some good players, Craig Slater's another one I like, Young Kilty's a good player as well. So I think Kilmarnock, it's one of them. I think they could finish seventh, I think. Almost guaranteed to be exciting, as you say, that's for sure, between now and the end of the season. Well, if you wanted real excitement, Fur Park was the place to be it's Saturday, wasn't it? Six goals, one in stoppage time for, for Hamilton to get the point. Ali Crawford's going from the penalty spot, and real high drama there. 
Keith Lasley sent off, and by all accounts, Alex Crawford should have been sent off even before taking the penalty. I was at Hamilton's game, as I said previously, against Inverness, and they lost a stoppage time goal. This time they got one. Real drama there. Crawford's free kick, and a very good hitter there by Lucas in the crowded penalty box, the big centre-back. Yeah, and, and that's been, a, I, th- I think, over the festive period, that's been a, a feature of Scottish football, really. I mean, I don't, I've, not, I've not watched a, a bad game on the TV highlights. I mean, it's all been a lot of goals, a lot of action in that one. I mean, where do you start with that one? You know, you've got Scott McDonald really back to form. Josh Law out there on the left-hand side. Checking inside effectively. It's touched in there by McDonald. Excellent play there by Scott McDonald. Scoring a couple of goals. William Moult again scoring. You know, he can't stop scoring. But then you've got Hamilton going to their big Lancashire rivals and getting a really good point. You know, I, th- I think Matt McGee was disappointed. I think it was a penalty to Hamilton in the last minute, I don't think, but I think yep. he, he felt Alec Crawford should go off the pitch because he committed an outfield. I think the referee was about to send them off for it, but then decided, oh no, he's already on a book and I won't. Alec Crawford then hits a shot, Keith Lassley handles, Alec Crawford then takes a penalty. So I think Matt McGee, but I mean, is it a good point for Motherwell? I think Matt McGee will probably disappoint. I think Martin Cannon will be really relieved to get it. I was watching the highlights last night in the sports scene and you see Keith Lassley's reaction to the incident for the penalty and he's adamant it's not a penalty. Mm-hmm. It's a penalty all day long, is it not? I think he was more annoyed he was getting sent off. I think deep down he'll know it's a penalty because if, you, if your hands are up there, it's an unnatural position, the ball's going towards the goal, whether it's getting in, whether it's going over the bar, it's a bit, it doesn't really matter, it's, go, it's going there and it's a handball. I think he was raging that Ali Crawford didn't get sent off and yeah. then Keith Lasley acts. I mean, I don't think Keith Lasley's going out to intentionally handle the ball, but it's a penalty. Is it a red card? I thought it was a bit harsh. I'm not sure whether Crawford should have been sent off only because sports team didn't show the incident. Anyway, <laughs> in, into the Championship and Rangers dominant again mm-hmm. against uh, Dumbarton mm-hmm. following up their victory over Hibs in the previous game. Clearly a massive result that one was, but maybe some people have been looking at this game and wondering if they could, if they would just turn up again, but they did. They did emphatically. Yeah, they did. You know, watching the game, watching the highlights, you know, I, I think the players took a... I, I, I think they've taken, I think psychological from the Hibs game I think they've taken a real confidence push you know you look at a guy like James Tavernier who started the season on fire scoring goals making goals and then probably tailed off for a few months I thought he was really good against Hibs and I think he'd have handed five or six goals he scores a cracker I think he set up two or three of Kenny Miller's set up one for Martin Wycombe and I just think I, th- I think Rangers now Mark Walbert will now be looking at them to go and motor on to, to go on another run of 11 wins in a row like they did earlier in the season and you know and I think that if they do that I think it'll be really hard to catch as you're saying it was after the Lord Mayor's show you know you've got 50,000 people at Ibrox and you've got what was that 1,000 1,500 at Dumbarton you know it's a bit of a come down in terms of you know I've had a live TV match it's getting a lot of attention across Britain you know you're playing at a stadium with one stand but fair play and picking out Barry Mackay this is Taverner the angle ball's a good one there's Kenny Miller Splendid header by Miller, not well enough marked. Kenny Miller, I think he's is he the oldest, one of the oldest Scottish players there. So that's what I was going to touch on, Kenny Miller. Some, I think he turned 36 six. Mm. last week. Nearly as old as me, he is nearly as old as me. Life in the old dog yet though, eh? I mean, it's, yeah. he's still scoring goals, even championship level, Dumbarton, with all due mm. respect to them, but he's, he's earning his place in that team. Uh, Mackay, low on the outside, but Tavernier's inside. Miller calls for the pass, gets it, and that's his hat-trick. Terrible defending by Dumbarton. I think Kenny Miller's one of these guys, I think he sometimes, I don't know if he gets enough credit for just keeping himself in such good nick over the years. You know, you see so many of his peers, guys that probably come through the ranks with him, maybe tailing off at 30, 31, 32. Kenny Miller, to me, looks as fit as ever. He, OK, he probably doesn't have that kind of lightning pace he once did, 
but he's clever. He's a good player. He's looked after himself. I think he's a good influence around the place. You know, I think any young player coming through at Rangers, look at Ryan Hardy, for example. He's looking up at a guy that's won countless caps for Scotland. He's played in big games, big Champions League games. You know, he's played down south. He's played for, he's played, he's played third spell at Rangers. He's played for Celtic. You know, played for Hibs. He's, he's seen it all, done it all. So I think to have a guy like that in your squad, especially when you've got quite a young squad as Rangers, do I think it's worth his way to go. I think you're absolutely bang on the money, just say, with all that experience and international experience at highest level and yet he's still busting a gut to score goals against the Barton yeah. you know it's, it speaks volumes for yeah. the yeah and, and if, Rangers, listen, if Rangers do get up I mean I, I'm not going to sit here and say Kenny Miller will be playing starting 40 matches for Rangers in the Premier League next year I don't you know I, I think he's a guy who Mark Warburton just wants around his squad and, and why not why, why not especially at Ibrox against teams when there's probably a bit more possession why, why not if a guy like that who can still score goals you know he's, he's as I'm saying, he might not score 30 goals in the Premier League next year I would be surprised if he does but he's a guy he's a good influence to have around the place. Yeah, I think you'll, think you'll struggle to find many players with a better attitude than, than Kenny Mar, that's for sure. Good attitude from Hibs as well. Difficult game for them. They'll come to Rafe Rovers. And again, they had to bounce back, didn't they, from Ibrox's defeat. And they did that, albeit they only won one now. Yeah, because I don't think Hibs did themselves justice at Ibrox. You know, I think I think they had a, a ropey start. They got the goal and then I think they just fell away and you know paid the price of mistakes. But I think Rangers were comfortable winners on the day, especially given they finished with 10 men. So... Wraith Rovers are a tricky team, I think. I mean, you look at the table, Wraith Rovers are fourth there. Wraith Rovers have got a good manager in Ray McKinnon. They've got some good players, they've got experienced players. They're capable of going and giving anybody a game. You know, you very rarely see Wraith Rovers getting thumped. So it was a tricky one. I'm sure they probably fancied their chances, you know, a bit of deflation about the Hibs camp. So to go and get the win and grind out another one, which Hibs have been doing, or had been doing prior to the Rangers game, grinding out a result. Jason Cummins gets a goal, he misses a penalty and kind of scores a rebound. Cummings from the spot. Was well saved by Cuthbert, and the rebound finds his way in. Kevin Cuthbert, very unlucky indeed, in the Wraith Rovers goal. And Jason Cummings gets his 16th goal of the season. It wasn't a good initial penalty kick, and the keeper's very unlucky with the rebound. You know, another guy with a bright future, but I think Al Stubbs will be really, really pleased with that, pleased with the response, because he had to stay in touch with Angels. He had to. As you mean, Wraith Rovers are a decent team. You say, I agree with you, a good young manager, but I think they're 17 points behind Hibs in third place. It's a three horse race now, no oh. doubt about it, for mm-hmm. for the title. It's going to go down the wire, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the third horse needs to get. I know Hibs are third just now, but Falkirk are the ones that people are saying oh, it's, it's Falkirk almost. Falkirk can't possibly compete with Rangers and Hibs, but well, I mean, why not? What a season they've got. Why not? I mean, what a season they've had. I mean, to be at this stage, I know Rangers have got a game and Hibs have got a game in hand, but to have 44 points from the 20 games, I think is. An amazing achievement from Peter Houston. You know, I, I think I really, I think he's done a brilliant job there. It didn't really end very well from the Indian United. You know, there was all the talk. You know, he left. He's kind of, you know, I, I, you know the, the managers want to kind of change. The chairman was want to change things, and he said he didn't want to kind of work in that way. But I mean, he had a great season last year. We get to the Scottish Cup final. Very unlucky to lose the Scottish Cup final last year. And to be, you know, going to to Rangers and Hibs this year, I think it was, it was a real good achievement from him. And again, you know, we talk about Hibs getting the result. You know, folk could go to. Aloha. Space here for Fox. Aloha come to close him down. He's dangerous in this range. That's a good effort. Parried it by McNeil and turned in by John Baird. Falkirk have the lead. A hard place to go. I know Falkirk playing a plastic pitch as well, but Aloha's plastic pitch is different for every, every other one, apparently. And to get that win, another clean sheet, that's been speaks volumes for that. I mean, honestly, I think Falkirk will keep going. I do. I mean, I mean, they beat Rangers all week. I think Falkirk will get a good chance of getting into the final playoff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, it was an exciting week- weekend for, for Scottish sport, that's for sure. It was a sad weekend for the Sunsport team. Thanks for all the text messages and uh, Twitter messages um, from everyone. A difficult weekend, but 
Yeah, thanks for listening to me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.